This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a vest-wearing, ring-bearing, son of a salesman. This is episode 35 of our Casino Combat Podcast. It seems the number 35 resonates with accumulating material things. Um, okay, that's, uh, that's a part of what this podcast is about, so I guess that works, and I don't have to try too hard to uh, get things squared away on that front, so let's get started. Gentlemen, ladies, non-binary persons, the 13 ghosts chasing those pesky kids. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you. We will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. All right, we got that out of the way. So what shall we do today in episode 35? I mean, besides focus on acquiring material wealth, I mean, that's what 35 is all about, I guess. Um, I'm not going to do a formal questions my sons ask segment today. So let me answer a question that I've been asked several times in the last week. Let me get it out of the way right here at the beginning. It's been a week and I have not heard anything from Guardian or the Jet as of yet. So... Question answered. Haven't heard from him. <laughs> I have a new Casino Wisdom for you today, though, so I'm going to share that during a moment of Casino Wisdom. In the Core Concepts segment, we are going to discuss something I consider part of money management, which is what I carry into the casino besides cash and a player's card. I did a very small amount of rambling and gambling, so I'll share those results and observations in the travel segment. And, of course, we will finish up in the VIP lounge with some sips and a story about the biggest single table win I ever had. I'll get all that started in just a minute, but for any first-time listeners, here are the basics. There are games in the podcast. They are explained in detail in episode 22. There are prizes. There have been winners, and you're welcome to play. I've written an ebook that explains how I approach slot machine play from a mostly casino combat point of view. It's free, 100% free, not internet, let me upsell you free, just Plain old free, in the original meaning of the word. If you want a copy, email me via trg at casinocombat.com, spell combat with a K, of course, and put two words in the subject line, slot tactics, S-L-O-T space T-A-C-T-I-C-S. Put that in the subject line. An automated bot will email you a link so you can download a copy. In the time I've been doing this podcast, it has won me money every month except one. Your mileage may vary, of course, but I guarantee the ebook is worth exactly what I'm charging you for it. <laughs> Casino Combat is active on social media. Thanks to Billy with the great last name and T-Rex. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you are encouraged to participate. Like, review, share, subscribe, all that social media stuff. It really helps us out. It helps us get heard by more people. All the links for that are on the CasinoCombat.com website. 
There is a Casino Combat channel on YouTube, and more importantly, there is a boot camp playlist that covers all the core concepts of Casino Combat in short segments. You can learn the fundamentals of gambling for a profit in less than 90 minutes using that playlist. And you don't have to listen to any of my attempts at humor if you go that route. So, with a course for accumulating material wealth plotted and locked in, with the basics covered for new, new listeners, let's take a moment for some casino wisdom. To remind everyone of the basics, casino wisdoms are things I or someone else that I know have learned combined with an action based on that knowledge that's going to benefit us in some fashion in the casino. It's it, They're reminders of what to do because of what I, we know or, or have learned. So knowledge plus action equals wisdom to put it in terms of an equation. Today I want to talk about casino wisdom number 53. When playing blackjack, playing incorrectly on purpose is gambling to lose on purpose. Now, the action part of this is pretty clear in my mind, right? Don't play blackjack incorrectly on purpose. So let me break down the knowledge part of this since the action is so obvious. Many casino games don't have a right or a wrong way to play. I mean, I'm going to go play roulette and I'm going to bet on 18. Well, there isn't a right or wrong there. I mean, you can say I shouldn't play roulette, okay, or that I shouldn't bet the numbers in the middle because that's not a good house advantage, but there's nothing inherently right or wrong about betting on 18 versus betting on 12. And I guess we could go round and round and round and have a big discussion about betting player or betting bank at Baccarat, um, and the, the right answer in my mind is bank, but it's pretty meaningless to have that conversation. They're basically the same bet within percentage points. But when playing blackjack, thanks to computers, we know the correct play for each combination of cards. Playing the hand correctly doesn't mean you're going to win the hand every time. It just means that over time, I will win that specific hand more often if I play the hand correctly. And I will lose the hand more than I should if I play the hand incorrectly. And this only matters if you're playing blackjack for a profit. If you're playing for recreation, then it doesn't matter. You can play each hand however you want. If anybody gives you a hard time, just ignore them or remind them it's your money and, and none of their business. But if you're playing for profit, you need to play as close to correctly as you're able to manage. And the classic example of playing wrong on purpose and knowing the right answer is, of course, the player that has a total of 16 and the dealer is showing a 10-valued card. The mathematically correct play that you should make here is to tap the felt, you know, bomb, bomb, and that's the signal to the dealer that you would like another card. But lots of players don't do this, and they intentionally don't do it despite knowing the correct play because they don't want to bust their hand and be out of the game. Now, I didn't bother to look up these details, so this math is purely for illustration, but let's suppose that this is a hand you are usually going to lose either way. Right? This is not really a hand that you have a lot of chances of winning. If you play it correctly, again, illustration purposes only. So, for example, suppose if you play it correctly, you're still going to lose 70% of the time. And if you play it incorrectly, you're going to lose 72% of the time. Maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal. You're going to lose most of the time anyway. But I'm going to guess, just kind of estimating off the top of my head, that I play that combination of cards 
500 times a month. Just did a little quick math in my head. So if I'm playing that hand wrong on purpose, if I'm not taking a card, I'm losing 10 hands a month that I shouldn't lose. And if I'm using a $15 wager size and ranging my bets from one to four units, then on average, I'm losing approximately $300 a month that I shouldn't be losing. Now, obviously, if the wager size is larger, the amount lost is larger. This is just making it harder to gamble for a profit. It is a big deal. You're taking what was already something you have to be good at this to accomplish, and you're adding a $300 negative minimum on top of it. When we get to the travel segment, I'll share what prompted me to share this casino wisdom in this particular episode, but I hope I've illustrated the concept that when playing blackjack, playing incorrectly on purpose is gambling to lose on purpose. And you're not going to follow the guidance of the number 35 and accumulate material wealth if you gamble to lose on purpose. Now that we are hopefully just a little wiser, let's do a core concept segment. One of the core concepts of casino combat is having a bankroll of money you can afford to lose. Money you don't need to pay bills. Money that could be spent on going to the movies or playing golf or buying crafting supplies or whatever else you might want to do with disposable income. And depending on what unit size you're going to gamble with, this can be a rather large amount of money. So you got to carry weapons because you always carry cash. <laughs> Actually, no, that doesn't really work, does it? Most casinos won't allow you to carry a weapon into the casino. So I mentally kind of amend that to you got to carry defense because you always carry cash. And that's what I wanted to talk about in our core concepts segment today. If the core concepts teach me to carry cash and a player's card into the casino, what else do I carry with me every time I enter a casino? And this is going to be a bit of a list, but as I go through this, I encourage you to consider if you want to expand your casino carry list to include some of these items. Or if you think I'm missing something obvious that you always carry. Let me get a couple obvious ones out of the way first. I always carry state-issued ID and credit and debit cards. Now those are obvious, but credit and debit cards are also a little controversial when it comes to going into casinos, at least for some gamblers. I know plenty of people who only carry cash into a casino. They leave all their debit and credit cards at home or maybe in the glove box in their car. I understand this approach. If you leave those items at home, you're not going to gamble with money you cannot afford to lose because you can't get to the money. It makes sense. Even leaving things in the car makes sense from a casino combat point of view, right? I'm always saying make gambling decisions in a place mentally removed from gambling. That walk to the car to get your debit card certainly helps with that. So I'm not taking a position on this one. For me, the convenience of handling basic financial transactions outweighs the risk that I'm suddenly, after all these years, going to mentally go off the rails and gamble my bank account empty. And if the other way works for you, that's great. I mentioned I always carry defense because I always carry cash. And in my case, that's pepper spray. And that's going into the vest, out of sight, inside, but within easy reach. In fact, that's part of the reason I adopted a vest into my casino routine. Right beside the pepper spray in the vest is a multi-tool that looks like a long flashlight about as wide as a AA battery. And it is a flashlight. It's a flashlight bright enough to blind someone temporarily. 
It also has a blink function to act as a signal light. On the back end of the flashlight is a pointed tool for breaking glass. If you unscrew that breaking glass tip, there's an ink pen. Unscrew that and you have a screwdriver with both a Phillips and a standard bit. Unscrew that and you have a signal whistle. Look, now candidly, that's kind of absurd and over the top. Well, actually not kind of, it is absurd and it is over the top. Until I was in a hotel room and I didn't have a pen because of the sanitation concerns. But I had a pen, right? Because of this over the top absurd thing. And I put the screwdriver to use at least once or twice in various situations. Those times it actually was practical and I was glad I had it. And it's funny, there's a roughly 20 year old, I don't know exactly, television series called Las Vegas. It's set in a fictional casino on the Las Vegas Strip. And we've been re-watching the series recently, and every few episodes, a character ends up in some strange, you know, typical TV situation, trapped in an air vent or in a locked room or some weird combination of things, and I'll remark, I'd be fine. I could just break the glass. Or, I've got this one. I have a whistle available. So you never know. Anyway, I bought it for 20 bucks. It's small. It clips into the vest. And you know, that's probably the best way for me to talk through the rest of this with you fairly quickly. So if the vest is on, over on the left side, inside the vest, pepper spray's clipped into its little spot. And below that, the multi-tool's clipped in. And below that, there's a, a small knife uh, that I had made that's engraved with Casino Wisdom number 58. Luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparation. All this vest stuff, this is preparation, folks. This is preparation prepared to meet opportunity. On the outside, on the left, my player's card has its own pocket that's closed and fastened. My bankroll goes in uh, a pocket that's uh, closed by Velcro, separate from the player's card. At the bottom of the vest, on the left, is a Velcroed pocket that I only use for chips. And <laughs> it's had two black chips uh, from a casino a couple hours away in it for a couple months. In fact, the, those chips went to Vegas with me twice because I forgot to cash them when I left. And then that property closed due to the pandemic, and I haven't gotten back there yet. Anyway... Sorry, I digress. Uh, zippered pocket on the inside of the vest. On the right-hand side, I have laminated strategy charts for each of the various rule sets of blackjack that I tend to run into the most. And I always have those so I can check if I need something specific looked up for a play for myself or for somebody else. In the outside pocket on the right, I have business cards to promote the podcast as well as the player's card an ally gave me to help me park locally, and I keep it there so I never accidentally intermingle it with my own cards. In another pocket, I have a bunch of individually wrapped alcohol wipes for sanitizing machines and surfaces. Those came from a casino that has them on the casino floor in containers for you to help yourself, and they have them at check-in, and I always just grab more than I need and drop them in that pocket when I'm there. On the top right side, I have a small bottle of hand sanitizer and a chapstick. I'm going to assume that some ladies out there are thinking, I have all that in my purse. And you should also have this and this and this and this. But that's what goes into the casino with me. And that's what I have. And I decided not to carry a purse. The vest just seemed an easier way to go. But if you have suggestions, if you're thinking, oh, you should have this and this, feel free to email me. Educate me. I am happy to sit under your learning tree. But that's my everyday carry for casinos, how I'm organized, and I really like the fact that when I leave the casino, whether that's to a car or a hotel room, all that stuff comes off just by taking the vest off, and it can go in a closet or in the trunk, and when I'm ready to casino again, it comes right back out, and everything's where it should be. As I said, 
I did just a little bit of gambling this week. Let's talk about that next in the travel segment. So I did technically gamble on Sunday and Monday this past week, but those results from Las Vegas were in the last week's uh, podcast episode. So as a result, with work and recovery from travel, the only gambling I did this week was a quick stop locally. I got a chance to have a couple of bourbons with Gabriel and catch up with him and what's been going on with him, and then we headed over to the casino. As he and I were walking the casino floor looking for a blackjack table, we observed a young man dealt a pair of fours with the dealer having a five showing. Now for me, I'm thrilled to get a hand like this. The dealer has a very weak card, and I can make more hands by splitting that pair of fours into two hands. The player in this tale knows that splitting is the correct play in this situation, but decides to hit instead of split. And he receives a six on his eight for a total of 14 against a dealer's five. And he doesn't take another card from there. And he explains as the rest of the hand is being played out to the table and the dealer and, and everybody involved that uh, he knows the correct play is to split. But every time he did that last week, he lost and he's not doing that anymore. He is not doing that ever again because of what happened last week. And I'm thinking, sure, but you're doing what didn't work last week. And now when you should be getting it back, you're playing wrong and you're losing on purpose. Or maybe in this case, not winning as much as he should have. He did win the hand when the dealer busted. But since he didn't split the fours, the six landed on the eight and ended his play of his hand. And now, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking if Trucker Mike was with me, he'd probably be able to predict how this is all going to play out. If that six had landed on the first of the split fours, our player would have a total of ten, and he could have doubled. The card on that double is meaningless, the dealer busted, and the second four would have formed a poor hand as well, but the dealer busted. Those cards really don't matter. The dealer would have busted if those two additional cards had been played on the split hands. Our player would have won three times as much money had he played correctly in this specific case. It could have turned out differently, obviously. Anyway, particularly because of him explaining to everybody why he wasn't going to do the correct thing. Um, having watched this, I thought today would be a good week um, to do that casino wisdom. I've been wanting to do that particular casino wisdom for a while. And this situation illustrates why that casino wisdom exists. This young man was gambling to lose on purpose. Beyond that, Gabriel and I had hoped to uh, get a table together, but we didn't manage to do that. Right now, this casino has a lot of $25 tables with six to five blackjack payouts and a lot of tables set up for either $50 or $100 minimums that play three to two. And take all that out, and there's not a whole lot of tables left to, to play. It's just a very limited inventory. And maybe I'm just a snob, or I'm a low roller right now, but this casino has no hotel, no spa, a food court, nothing higher end than that, a very limited buffet. So I'm not playing six to five blackjack anywhere. And while I'm comfortable playing 50 or $100 hands, I didn't have that kind of bankroll. And quite frankly, the benefits and amenities at a property need to align with the size wager I'm going to make. At least right now, at least in this situation. And that's just not true at this point at this casino. The amenities just aren't there for me in my mind. And that's not anyone's fault. And that's not a complaint. That's simply an observation and an analysis of what this casino offers. 
So Gabriel and, I, Gabriel and I ended up gambling separately, even though that was kind of our second choice. I, I started things off with $20 of free slot play, start the new month, get things going, get off on the right foot. I sure did. I won a whopping $2.60 on $20 of free slot play, way below what I would expect. I, my wagering system, I would have expected at least $10 back out of that. And I'm sure over the time it'll average itself out, but $2.60 to start the month of February. I failed to get anything going on a blackjack table, even with a small rebuy. I ended up leaving that one with a negative, and the one slot machine I played using real money didn't pay out anything meaningful, even though I hit a bonus feature toward the, the high end of the wager scale. That's normally where things get fixed. That was a negative exit, too. All in all, if I made $10,000 a day, I'd have lost $20,000, <laughs> which is just another way of saying two days pay, everybody. Uh, one slot machine, one table, little bit of free slot play, uh, and, and a two day play loss to, to start the month. When I started this podcast, I had the luxury of writing the first few scripts before committing to actually publishing the results, actually creating the episodes. So I was performing episode two, already knowing the results of episodes three and four. And I, I knew where the thing was going to go just a little bit as a result of that. But I was also aware that at some point I'd be doing this in real time and I was going to have a week like this, a week where things didn't go well. And I was committed at the time and am now to the idea that this is reality podcasting with just a little delay at the beginning. But I record the results and I tell you the results and I tell, tell you them as correctly as I can. It's been a rough nine days of gambling from my point of view. But the friends and family moments are fun. And as I said, I knew this would happen because it's happened before. You know, you just, you hit a slump where things don't go right. And if you've done it a while, you know that it went well previously and then it'll go good again. It'll go well again. The money's fine. It just, it wears on you. It can be a bit of a grind. And when it's a bit of a grind, I do less gambling and more lifestyle. And I just wait for it to flip. And that's what we're doing right now. Accurate results, waiting for it to flip, and knowing in hindsight that we've won plenty of money and we'll win plenty of money again in the future. So looking forward, looking to that future, um, I'm going to focus on work this week because I've only got a few days, probably not going to do any gambling until the weekend, and then I'm going to take Mrs. TRG south and west to our favorite Caesars property for Valentine's Day. And, and I'll have those results for you uh, next week, and it'll be more than one table and more than one slot machine. I'm sure of that. Okay, if you'd like to join me for Sips and Stories in the VIP Lounge, I thought today I'd answer that kind of permanent gambling question that comes up when gamblers talk. What's the most money you ever won? Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. All right. Welcome to the VIP lounge. Um, pour yourself something before you sit down. If you're so inclined, um, you know, I've got the virtual lounge game down. Virtual IPAs and quality virtual wines. The best locally handcrafted artisanal still water you can find anywhere. Soda and pop. The best virtual top shelf bottles of all your favorites. Uh, I, I mentioned Gabriel and I did uh, bourbons last week. Great place we really like. But I think I'm just going to pour myself uh, a glass of red wine today. And uh, A topic that comes up occasionally among friends who gamble is the question of the most money someone won in a single day or a single table or a single machine or something like that. And that can be really different for different people depending on their specific gambling journey, right? 
Uh, I remember a few years ago, the local paper ran a story about someone robbed at a nearby restaurant after winning big at the casino. I don't recall all the details. I, I remember no one was hurt and the money was recovered. What stuck with me, though, was the headline was, after man robbed after big win at casino. And so I, based on that headline, I, I read the story. And it turned out, in the context of the story, we find out that uh, the man... His uh, his robbery was for about what I consider to be one day's pay on this podcast. So not something I consider a particularly big win. But either the victim or the author did consider that a big win. Or I guess an editor trying to write a headline and make sure that people like me read the story. And it isn't the point whether this was a big win or a small win. The point is that someone's big win is some other person's small win. I have a casino casino ally who once won $128,000 on a progressive side bet at a blackjack table. I know another person who won a BMW. So that's a decent range of answers, right? A day's pay to $128,000 or a BMW. Unless you're someone, I guess, who earns $128,000 a day, in which case there's no range at all, and good for you. Anyway, I'm going to give you real numbers here because I think the story works better that way. It was a long time ago, but if this seems like a small win to you, then please have pity on my meager accomplishments. And if it seems like a lot to you, please talk to the person at the start of this sentence taking pity on me who who thinks it's no big deal. Everybody's different. Everybody's numbers are going to be different. These are mine as accurately as I can tell you. So quick background. Years ago, New Year's Eve day, um fairly in the morning, actually, a friend reaches out and says he's working just a little bit in the morning downtown near the casino. Would I want to get together when he's done and, and have a drink? So I said, sure. I mean, other than mostly family at the house that night, I didn't really have much of anything else going on. So, you know, he told me, I, I don't think 11 o'clock, something like that. And so I meet him and we had one drink and talked for a little while. And he says, oh, hey, good. Good seeing you. I'm going to head out. Now, look, I wasn't expecting to get, you know, all liquored up before noon while having a house full of family and teenagers over later for dinner and a party, but I figured the information was for more than a 20-minute, one drink, how are you, I'm good, how are you kind of conversation that, that, you know, left less than 20 minutes. I just, that's not what I thought was going to be the agenda. And I misunderstood, not a big deal, no harm, no foul. But so there I sit in a casino, and I've got about $1,300 of profits from the previous week remaining after the previous week using those profits to pay one of my son's tuition payment, right? So the bankroll's intact. The bankroll isn't even in the casino. Tuition, the biggest bill every month, was paid for with a side hustle, and I've got the money left over from paying that $1,300. And I got time on my hands and nothing to do, and... I'm in the casino, and I got enough money to do a 13-unit buy-in at a $100 table in the high-limit room. Perfect. I can play it all the way down to 10 units if things go bad, and I'll still have enough money left for splits and doubles just in case on that 10th hand. So why not, right? If I lose it all, or most of it, that 10 units, I'll just bring the bankroll the next time I'm coming for some serious gambling, and it'll be no big deal. All the bills are paid, paid extra, thanks to money won the, the week before. As I said, why not? So I found a table with one of my favorite dealers, and off we go using TRG Wagering System 1. And the wins start piling up fairly quickly and easily. 
and this continues, and it continues, and it continues. And I'm having a great time, and everybody's marveling at the chips piling up, and it's all going great. I get a text message from Mrs. TRG after several hours, and she's basically saying, are you still at the casino? And I kind of thought I knew what she was concerned about, um, and it wasn't the gambling. So at the end of the shoe, I texted her, yes, I'm fine. No, my friend left. No, I'm not drinking and partying. Yes, I'll be home in plenty of time for dinner and the family party, but I'm up $22,000. And her reply is, too bad that's a typo. Just make sure you bring home some of that $2,000. So she assumed an extra zero. She assumed I was up $2,200. But the rest of the players are waiting for me now. The cards have been shuffled and we're ready to go again. So I just quickly sent her a reply, not a typo which in hindsight did not help the situation at all because my phone immediately starts blowing up with her calling me. So um, I, I answer, I ask people to wait a minute, I answer and I, I assure my wife that I have everything under control, that I would bring home most of the $22,000, hopefully more, but not significantly less, and that, you know, not to worry, everything's fine. Eventually, I make it home for dinner, as promised, but not because of dinner, but because I hit an exit point. I hit that point where I had lost what I was willing to lose out of what I'd won and still had a nice win. I played the streak till its, till its uh, normal conclusion, and I finished with an extra $35,000 on top of the $1,300 I'd started with. And admittedly, I lost a portion of that back gambling in high limit over the next month, um, but only a small portion of it. It was a lot of fun, and as I said, it's a lot to win, or it's a little tiny win. It depends on where you are in your gambling journey. But that's the biggest win I've ever had personally in one sitting at one time. Since we're in the VIP lounge, I would be more than happy to buy you a drink to go along with the virtual drinks we just enjoyed. If you're out and about at a casino having a drink, take a picture of you and or the drink. Post it on social media, add us, shout us out. We are all on the lookout for those pictures, and we will be happy to contact you and arrange a Venmo or a PayPal to pay you for that drink. Likewise, you are welcome to go to anchor.fm slash casino combat, with a K of course, and click on the support link to buy me a drink. Send whatever you're comfortable with, and when I'm in a casino the next time, I'll take a picture of the drink you bought me, and I'll post that on social media to thank you for your generosity and, and buying TRG a drink. If you are playing the casino chip game, there are 10 casino chips by my count in this episode. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers, but don't tip away your wins, everybody. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everybody.